0: Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and welcome back. It's been a minute. It's been a while. How long has it been? I won Zach Flash Celedonia. What's going on, my friend?
1: Oh, where do I start? Uh, (laughs) Very, very busy in the life of Flash lately. If you can't tell, I'm still not in my basement. I am at a remote location, my guest room, because we are currently undergoing construction downstairs. A lot of renovations, uh, new ceiling, new floor. And on top of that, I am in one of my good friends groom's parties he's getting married this weekend oh wow it's uh my second groom's party i've been a part of in the past like two months maybe a little less yeah so that's at the forefront here and uh down the street my car is currently getting two new tires and oil change and an inspection so i'm getting stretched every direction <laughs> right
0: now man <laughs> and then i got you on too finally because like our schedules you know i've been like I don't know, hopping on jets and uh, all, of, all the other stuff all over the place. In fact, I was just telling you the stories from Buffalo because I don't think uh, you've been on since the playoffs or maybe right before, maybe right after. We had a little bit of I haven't, there, Yeah, right?
1: I haven't been on since since we lost. I, uh, I needed to be alone for a <laughs> while after that game.
0: Was it really that bad, though? Like, a lot of people were, like, really, like, beat up over it, but I mean, it's like, it, you would like to see him, you know, you had a, you thought maybe they could win, right? But without yeah, TJ yeah. Watt, I felt like a little less deflated. It was just the, the way the game started was pretty poor. The fumbles, the turnovers and whatnot. Then they cleaned it up and they actually like, you know, I felt like they finished strong at least this season. They just didn't like lay down, but man, some of those other playoff games that could have went far worse than that. Uh, better too, but you know, uh, totally. yeah, I mean, they, beat up they cut it, it to
1: seven they cut it to seven. And and at that point I got a little more into it, but the thing was, I was already so like out of it by that point, um, because the beginning of the game and the defense had had played so poorly. And I, they got me back into it kind of when they cut it to within seven of the bills, but I still like, I, I refrained from getting too excited because I told myself, Okay, they cut it to within seven, but I'm not gonna cheer. I'm not gonna get excited. I'm gonna keep sitting right here with my arms crossed, pouting under a blanket until they actually tie it or get ahead. And um, in hindsight, I should have just enjoyed the moment when they cut it to within seven because it didn't get better from that point.
0: You know, that's a very good, um, very good thing to start with. I know it was a little unscheduled. I'm trying to do the uh, the the ye olde uh, topics bar again, but there's something that. Uh, we should bring up as part of like it, what are the best and worst you know Steelers offseason hot takes and so far one of the ones that's been driving me up a wall Zach is when folks are out there saying that the Steelers had the highest paid defense did you feel mm-hmm. like the highest paid defense was on the field in Buffalo at any time? <laughs> it, I,
1: the, I haven't felt like we have the highest paid defense since that story became a headline.
0: Yeah, Well, and why is that primarily is what I'm getting at. It's like the day, it's kind of like the Mike Tomlin had all of this talent and didn't win. And it's like, well, you know, that talent has to be on the field in order for that to be a valid comment. I mean, in Buffalo, yeah. they don't have TJ Watt. He's the highest paid player on the team, one of the highest paid players in the league. On the defensive side of the football mika wasn't out there for you know four straight games uh cam hayward went on ir right after like the first game or so uh there was uh the thing we were just looking at with that houston texans loss and a bunch of injuries sustained there there were guys that were just dropping like flies all over you lose your inside linebackers they were going to say uh, cole holcomb makes guys? a good
1: penny too he makes a decent amount of money and he was hurt too
0: yeah the, so who was the highest paid players that were left on there maybe like larry og Yeah. um Patrick Patrick Peterson wasn't even like a highest paid like you know, he's paid okay, but l- like let's not kid ourselves. Like so that was one of the things that like really kind of drove me, uh drove me crazy with that whole kind of you know, Toma doesn't have the talent, he's losing his playoff games, yada, yada, yada. And you look back on like the killer bees, and it's like, how many times did they have? And one of those guys' names is gonna come up, you'll see at the end of the list. <laughs> With Levi Bell but you know that was the one time that they actually win some games is when Bell was healthy they go to the AFC title game they gets hurt in that game and then pfft, peters out Antonio Brown getting knocked out you know from Vontez Perfect or whatnot Martavis Bryant being uh on the shelf Ben even getting hurt in playoff games in Cincinnati where they pull Landry yeah. Jones up there he's taking MMA knee strikes from Perfect or whoever that was like laying on top of him and it's just, it, it it's kind of a ridiculous thing for people to say. And then uh, when they call into these post game shows, especially like over the last month of the season and into the playoffs, and they're like, oh, I'm tired of mediocre Mike. He has all of this talent. And uh, even like NFL uh, network, I think it was Pat Kerwin. And he goes, do they have talent? Because now he's questioning. It's like you, people still think of it of like the days of like, you know, Troy Polamalu and James Ferrier and Casey Hampton and guys like that that are out there, uh, James Harrison. And it's like, do they still have the same level of talent for that to be a, a valid statement that he, you know, do we know that some of these guys are talented? is Levi Wallace, a talented player, uh, is Trenton Thompson, like that's filling in as a safety Michael Walker, are these guys talented players? And even on the offensive side of the ball, you have your own question as to whether or not, uh, sometimes some of these guys, uh, you know they they seem to show more but at the beginning of the season could you have said you know George Pickens is talented because he makes like a matrix style catch every now and then but can you truly have called him a talented player when he wasn't even having 100-yard games uh, that's kind of like a tough thing to hang on Tomlin's head there like when you, you know you have a mixed bag that's out there or you're pulling guys off the street
1: oh, definitely yeah I, I think the defense is rather under-talented nowadays cuz it's headlined by T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Cam Hayward. Well, we just saw probably almost definitely the most injured those three have been together at once this past season. You lost Cole Holcomb, who you brought in as your desired linebacker one. He was making the most money. He gets hurt. Uh, and the offense is more like there's so much untapped potential and there's so much youth, and at times they perform like a talented group. But... Um, just to simplify it, looking at the AFC North alone, we're one of the least talented. I feel like rosters, uh, as it stands right now, the the Browns are are, are star studded. It, it seems like so are the Ravens, and and the Bengals have one of the most exciting, best offenses of recent memory. Not this past year because Joe Burrow got hurt, but yeah, the the, the Tomlin not maximizing his talent thing. It's kind of uh, been a dead argument. I feel like uh, these are an empty statement these these past few years in particular, because the talent on this team hasn't really gotten much better past the 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 big three of T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick. And when you lose one of those guys or multiple guys, you you see how untalented the defense truly is. That there's pieces to be excited about: Joey Porter Jr., keanu mm-hmm. Benton. Come to mind right away obviously but they're not the same group that they were like you mentioned in tomlin's early days or even during the days of the killer bees like they're a very different team on defense and offense the offense has potential to get there but it's still a lot of unproven untapped potential george pickens uh, eclipsing a thousand yards that that's that's a big deal sure uh naji and jalen warner a good one-two punch our offensive line is is getting there but I, I don't think anybody would would look at the Steelers offense quarterback or not uh and be like yeah that's a top 10 offense right now we're we're fighting to uh break that barrier still
0: yeah that's a good uh place to go with quarterback is definitely the one that sticks out to me it's like is anyone going to really argue that Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph is like this top level talent tomlin's wasting talent why didn't he play Rudolph sooner it's like, okay, well, they, they got lucky in a little ways. They, you know, tailored the offense to what Rudolph could do well. And beyond that, um, they were able to win some games. And I think a lot of that does come down to coaching and being able to get the most out of some of the guys that you have out there on the field, even if they're not top flight players. I mean, this guy's quarterback three. He was uh, barely still in the league last year. Steelers are the only team that gave him any kind of sniff towards anything so you know that it is a quarterback driven league Zach but I I look around I made these comments about you know the uh the postseason you most of the quarterbacks in the postseason are barely throwing about 250-ish a touchdown a piece maybe two I think Baker might have been one of the only guys who threw like three touchdowns in a game the entire postseason or you know uh, other than uh you know CJ Stroud I'm talking about like divisional and the championship rounds the last two rounds It was a lot of defense. You take a look, it's Kansas City and Baltimore. You know, that was defense and defense. Those defenses were clashing. And same on the other side, Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, hello, defense. And despite, you know, Kyle Shanahan being this bright offensive mind, 49ers still bring it with the defense, too. And they're going to have to do that in the Super Bowl. So um, a lot of this is what we're going to say about quarterbacks. Let's start with the guys that are. I guess we'll say currently there, we know Mason Rudolph's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. Kenny Pickett entering year three of his rookie deal. Uh, How much faith do you still have in going forward with these two guys? I've kind of spoken ad nauseum about this a few episodes ago and also with Brian, so I'll leave my opinions mostly reserved. But I'm still optimistic that we might not have seen the ceiling from either one of these quarterbacks. And I would be completely content with going into 2024 if these were the two guys you had to rely on Uh, from training camp and there and beyond
1: well yeah I I think that's the most likely scenario I'm going to continue to squat on this take that we got into this the last time I was on I think Um, I've definitely gotten into it a lot on Twitter but the most likely quarterback room of 2024 involves Kenny Pickett Mason Rudolph coming back and then either a journeyman like Jacoby Brissett or Gardner Minshew or Joe Flacco or or a mid-round pick to come in and provide some honest competition. But I don't – you know, faith is a funny word because I I do have faith to an extent in both Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph to an extent. I I think because we've seen good play out of Kenny Pickett at times, sometimes great play, and I'm not not talking about the preseason. I'm talking about his rookie year, the few times where – he was able to will the Steelers to victory late in the fourth quarter in the Baltimore game on the road, in the Raiders game at home, honoring Franco Harris. Uh, his last start of the season. He outdueled Deshaun Watson at home and, and outperformed him against the Browns and put the Steelers in a position to be in the playoffs. But they needed help, I believe, from the Jets and they didn't get it. So that they missed out. And yeah, then the preseason, but Kenny has shown flashes at times to where you can see if you want to you can see what the steelers are seeing they could move on but i don't think he's performed bad enough to definitively say all right let's cut bait let's go with somebody else they they have reason to believe whether it's a lot or a little they have reason to believe kenny pickett can be their guy in 2024 mason took his opportunity and ran with it he also showed the ability to be a stable starting quarterback he won us three games, um, performed about as well as you could imagine for, for a guy who's quarterback three and a guy who has taken his lumps throughout his career. And I think just based off of what I know about the Steelers and how they, they, they make moves, but they're still a conservative bunch at heart. That They've grown and they've evolved under Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and towards the end of Colbert's final years to go out and sign more extravagant free agents and make trades. But it just, it just feels very Steelers for them to go into 2024 with Kenny and Mason and then third quarterback to be named later as the competition. The idea that they would go out and get somebody who would be the immediate starter over the two of them doesn't jive with what Art Rooney has said, or what Tomlin has said, or what Arthur Smith has said. Arthur Smith, the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, he, had a, he did a sit-down interview with Missy Matthews, and it sure as hell seems like he has intentions to build a relationship with Kenny Pickett and get to know Kenny Pickett and feel like, or figure out what he likes to do well, what he doesn't like to do. Like, that seems to be on Arthur Smith's mind. Put there, assumingly from Mike Tomlin or the Roonies or Khan. Believe me, the Steelers want Kenny Pickett to be successful. When you hear people throw around the term, they're going to give this kid every chance they can, every chance he can to succeed. That is about Kenny. P- that is about players like Kenny Pickett to a T, because the Steelers have invested a first-round pick in him. It is a reflection on the franchise. It's a reflection on Tomlin. They want him to do well. If he doesn't do well, if he's playing bad, they're not going to ignore it. They'll take him out, but he's going to be given every chance to be the starter. So I don't think they would go out and get a guy who wouldn't be competition, but would more so have the job right away. I'm talking about guys like Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields. If they go out and they try to pay a guy like Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson what he will demand on the open market, that guy's your starter. You can't sell to the fan base, yeah, we're paying Kirk Cousins $30 million for one season, and he might be the starter, might not. Yeah. Russell Wilson, same deal. Justin Fields would require a second-round pick, maybe a third in a future third, but that's high draft capital that in giving that away, that guy would be your presumed starter. Also, kind of relevant to the point, I don't think the Steelers are a good enough team right now to surrender draft capital that would be required to get Justin Fields. Yeah they, yeah. they, they, they need their picks. They're the Steelers are in the quietest, most subtle rebuild. I think in the NFL, because they're not a bad team. They're good enough to compete for a playoff spot. They're good enough to compete in the division, but there are a lot of holes. And even though they're not a bad team, they're not, scraping the bottom of the barrel they still have enough room for improvement where it doesn't make sense for them short term short term or long term to surrender picks to acquire a new quarterback it's it's written on the wall for everybody it's going to be kenny pickett mason rudolph and a journeyman or a draft pick anything else at this point would be a real shock
0: uh, going back to, I'll rewind a second to signing quarterbacks. Cause I wanted to go through the list with you as far as like journeyman versus like an actual starter. Of course, Fields and Wilson are still under contract and would require trade capital. Like you said, and that's another whole topic <clears throat> for me though, somebody like Mason Rudolph guy comes in, hasn't thrown a pass for two years. And all of a sudden it's like, he still looks like he could play at a high level, open up some eyes, you know what I mean? And it's not somebody you got to kind of like retrain to do the job. You know what I mean? Uh, I know it'll be a new offensive coordinator, but he's already got familiarity with the different various like skill position players and whatnot. So let me take a look at this list. Let's run through it real quick, uh, Zach. And signing a quarterback, of course, you got to look at, is this guy the future for what it costs and even what their age is? And you've already brought up Kirk Cousins, for example, and 36 years old. I'm not all out on Kirk cousins. I think he's a fine quarterback, but for what the Steelers are probably going to need to do or what they're going to have, like you're going to you're going to have, there's going to be some really tight sacrifices. What people don't realize right now is like Brock Purdy. Oh, well you could get the next Brock Purdy. It's like, yeah, it's nice for the 49ers. They didn't have all this money spread out in a very expensive quarterback. Didn't even when Jimmy G was there, he was, you know, at first in his contract, kind of, it uh, wasn't as big, but they put a whole lot of eggs in that basket. and didn't necessarily work out. They're lucky they got Brock Purdy that came around and was able to execute this offense because now they could spend a lot of money to put other guys around them.
1: Well, that's what it is. It yeah. is luck. It, it's luck. Anybody that's suggesting the Steelers can go out and get the next Brock Purdy in the draft. I don't know yeah, uh, how else you could like it, it's, it's luck, dude. That, that is pure a luck. If, if, if the Niners or anybody knew Brock Purdy could do what he's doing, um. And help steer a team to the Super Bowl and play well, he wouldn't have lasted to the Mr. Irrelevant pick. I know. This happens all the time. People are like, oh, why don't they take a shot on this guy? He could be the next this guy. It's like if the NFL world knew that this kid was gonna be that, he wouldn't have lasted that long in the draft. And Purdy's an extreme example, but Cousins, uh, that applies to Kirk Cousins too. He also was like a fourth round pick. Nobody thought he would be this great. And I think Kirk Cousins is phenomenal for what he is, but he's going to cost way too much money and the Steelers aren't in a position to give him what he would demand. He's, he's a hall of fame bag getter. Like yes. he made so much money in his career that the idea that he would just, you know, take a one year, what $15 million deal to come play for the Steelers it, it is so out there to me. I, I don't see that right. as a, as a plausible reality. He is very good, but he's going to cost a lot of money, which the Steelers don't have. And also, a team that brings in Kirk Cousins, that team is saying to their fan base, we think we're a quarterback away. We're a quarterback away from a championship. I don't necessarily think the Steelers fall under that category right now. They have more holes they need to fill than just a uh, quarterback.
0: Correct. And Kirk Cousins, you see how his contract, $35 uh, million per year on average, how that's yeah. handicapped the Minnesota Vikings from you know, being able to spend in free agency or even retain some of their own high picks, et cetera. And another yeah. guy that falls in this category around 30 million, um, that I wouldn't be paying for that. I saw some clickbait article from one of these Steelers' sites pop out. Steelers might show interest in Ryan Tannehill. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Like, why? Just because Arthur Smith became the OC? That's that's dumb. Let's go through the rest of these though. Like Jacoby Brissett. Percet. Jacoby Brissett's a guy like him, Tarod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold. These are guys that maybe you bring in, but they're more in the backup class. I'm like, are they going to come in and be a QB three? Are they really serious competition as a backup quarterback? If you don't have Mason, like I'm advocating for, you know, Mason and Kenny to come in and basically split starting reps in a competition. I think that's, uh, that's definitely where it needs to be. Let's get
1: It's counterproductive for sure.
0: Yeah. Pardon
1: me. It can be detrimental. That's, that's, that's the just the cusp of how complicated this quarterback controversy controversy truly is, because you're exactly right. I think I already touched on, I don't see them bringing in somebody who's gonna be the automatic starter because they said they want competition. They mm-hmm. want Kenny Pickett to succeed. Mason Rudolph, in a, in a twist of fate, is like the perfect guy to compete with Kenny Pickett because he can be your starter, he can be your backup, but he isn't gonna automatically have the job. But in doing this, quarterback competition they're going to ensue in camp, you're going to be taking reps away from whoever the ultimate starter is. So uh, the Steelers are in a really tough position. Um and that's why they have to look at all these names and weigh the pros and the cons. Like, yeah, a guy like Tyrod Taylor or Jacoby Brissett, they don't really move the needle much, but I don't think the Steelers want to move the needle much because they can't they can't bring in a guy who's just going to be the starter. Like they 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 want somebody to come in and compete for the job not just win it outright or just be given it outright so it's tough it's it's like you're trying to find a guy who's kind of good but not that good but good enough to push
0: yeah well here's the rest of the list for that because none of those names do anything for me and definitely not you know brissette made 8 million last year Mariota's never done anything for me uh, let's see. Drew Locke. probably not. Jameis Winston probably not. Baker Mayfield. And
1: I'll I'll argue on Winston. Winston. Uh, I like Jameis Winston, dude. He's still good.
0: Uh, it, he's so good that he can't beat out Derek Carr. They had to bring in Derek Carr. They couldn't have just stuck with Winston. I seriously thought that's what the Saints were gonna do, but they have Things their own
1: mess, dude. They're a terribly yeah, random organization. So I, I'm not gonna like give them credit for not starting Jameis Winston. You took that. We words. all were calling for that
0: right out of my mouth like I was literally like the lips were coming together one of those like letters that that your lips come together for to say mess they're just a they've been a dumpster fire like you talk about the Steelers and try and say with talent now I, I I know I rag on car but you look at all the wide receivers the Saints had you have Alvin Kamara like what on earth are you doing that like there you know there's proven commodities like at least in the Steelers case like I'm saying that like Pickens isn't yet you know, he's not proven. That's what we're saying there. These are green raw guys that still have potential, but they're inexperienced. in The NFL, like Camara is a, he's a commodity. You know what I mean? And the same thing when you were d- down in uh, LA with the chargers, like Austin Eckler, like what, like what's going on? You got Keenan Allen, same, guys like that.
1: Crazy. were the, the one team, given the Steelers are running for their money with like, I noticed like the general public, everybody was making fun of the Steelers offense, rightfully so. Uh, but the Saints were right there with them with like just the frustrating play calls and the not maximizing their playmaker's potential like they were right there with the Steelers just as far as being a total total mess. But sorry, go on with the list of Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, NBA no guys. problem.
0: We'll we'll bang these out real quick cuz I don't think Baker Mayfield's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh Gardner Minshew's an interesting case study because you know, he wasn't really intended to be the guy Uh, especially after they drafted Richardson. He's like one of these guys like where the Steelers took uh, Trubisky and then drafted Pickett. It's kind of like the same. I've never been a huge Minshew fan to begin with. Teddy Bridgewater is on this list. Uh, He's announcing his retirement. Tyler Huntley. I'd be surprised if like Baltimore, somebody's going to take a stab, but he's firmly a backup territory. You got Joe Flacco, Josh Dobbs. Then you get into like Easton Stick, Nate Sudfield, Blaine Gabbert, Carson Wentz, Kyle Allen, Brandon Allen. Uh, and, and Trevor Simeon, AJ McCarron, Josh Johnson hasn't played for the Steelers yet. Maybe that could be like his 18th team in the NFL that he gets, a. and, and I could see the Steelers doing that. If it was like a QB three, Josh Johnson. Now it's surprising. He's 38 years old now. And you want to talk gone. about it. He's not um, Hall of Famer for getting the bag. He's a Hall of Famer for just getting a bag. Yeah, <laughs> been- I think
1: I think he played under Josh or John Gruden in Tampa Bay. That's how old he is.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's been around for a minute. But all those names, I'm on record saying I'd bring somebody like um, uh, Josh Dobbs back because mm-hmm. he's you know he's a smart dude, and you could probably throw him out there in a pinch, and you don't need to take any major reps away from anybody in order to do so. Uh, but that's about it, you know, for the, when it comes to all the names that are going to hit actual free agency here, uh, we, we were starting to get, you were heading in this direction about trading for a quarterback and I'm totally not on board with that. Like Justin Fields to me is the same guy as Kenny Pickett for the most part for what they've done on the field. Everybody thinks like you put the Steelers Jersey on, they look at somebody else from another team and they're like, Oh, former pit first round pick. Put the Superman cape on that Steelers jersey, and they turn into Superman. And it's like, no, it's just some cosplayer at the Comic Con or whatever. It's it's really not like I I don't see. I, what I don't want to do is it's like he's in the last year of his rookie deal. Somebody like Justin Fields, which means you got a fifth year option. It's going to cost a lot more money, and he's going to want a bigger deal. And how do you how do you adequately evaluate somebody like that if you put him into a competition? I think he's like the one guy, like you said, if you bring somebody like that in, maybe he's not firmly like anointed the starter right away, but man, I have a hard time trying to give up draft picks. Like you said, there's other areas, I think where this team improves, like offensive line, for example, that helps the quarterback position. And then you could better evaluate somebody like Pickett or Rudolph.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on Dobbs. Um. That's what I was trying to get at is you, you want to look at this list and try to find the few names that like stick out as a guy who can start but won't necessarily be the presumed and assumed starter from being signed. Um, you you mentioned that some of these names don't do anything for you. Well, I don't think you want them to do anything for you. <laughs> like these these guys are meant to be competition for Kenny and Mason if Mason comes back not be the assumed starter. Um, so I, I would take Dobbs. Uh, I would take Flacco's a funny one, but I don't know if he'd want to come and, like, just... Yeah. He's, he's, he's You have to remember, these guys aren't going to go anywhere to be a starter. Like, nobody's yeah. going to bring in Flacco to be the starter. Nobody's going to bring in Mariota. I don't want Mariota at all, but, like, these are names that, like, they're, they're on this list because they're, they're journeymen. They're, they're going to go to a team where I can't see anybody on that list Not Cousins or Russell Wilson or Fields, but all the other names. Nobody's going to go anywhere and be a starter. They're all going to have to compete no matter where they go. Gardner Minshew just made the Pro Bowl, but the Pro Bowl's a joke now. So what does that really mean? (sighs) But he's one of the more talented names on the list. Um, The Tannehill thing is funny because, of course, you understand why that connection was made. He is Arthur Smith's quarterback from the time that he was OC in Tennessee. A very successful offensive coordinator. So the connection is there, but as far as the, the the fit and the talent level, I don't know. Tannehill kind of falls under the category of a guy who's gonna have to compete for a job. But he just, I I feel like we witnessed the rise and fall of Ryan Tannehill before our eyes. I think there was very good reason why he lost his job to Will Levis in Tennessee, and he he had that magical ride again with Arthur Smith. But as soon as Arthur Smith left he wasn't the same Tannehill. He Arthur Smith helped get him a big contract. He helped reestablish respect for Ryan Tannehill in the NFL. But I think it's just a more than anything else, it's just an easy connection people can see between Smith and Tannehill. Why they draw that bridge between the two desti- between the Steelers and Ryan Tannehill. I I wouldn't necessarily be looking for it. Um but he he in a weird way, he fits on the list of names that he could be a quarterback the Steelers bring in to play, but wouldn't be the starter right away. You see, it's a very yeah. niche thing that the Steelers are looking for here at quarterback, and that has caused a huge rift and so much disconnect in the fan base. It's why you have everybody every day arguing about, well, we should go get Kirk Cousins. We should go get Russell Wilson. No, let's get this guy. It's that guy. It's... We all can do that. and, and list names of who we want. But the thing I like to do is, is listen to the Steelers and, and what they have to say. And it really doesn't seem like they're going to be in the market for a guy like Cousins or a guy who's just going to be the new quarterback right away. They, they have a plan in place and it involves Kenny Pickett and uh, Mason if, if he is resigned.
0: Well, not only that, Pickett and Mason are much younger. I mean, Kirk Cousins is thirty six. Russell Wilson's thirty six years old. These guys That's what the
1: quarterback kind of, away thing too. Yeah, we're on a quarterback away. I don't think.
0: Yeah, like they've got two, three seasons. If they're if they're even playing yeah. top the best ball that they've been playing, Cousins coming off a major injury. I don't think that um, somebody like Russell Wilson, if he becomes available, is at the top of his game right now. And neither is Tannehill. Tannehill has slid. He's back to double-digit uh, picks. The only way I see him coming in is if you can't give him as much money even as Mitchell Trubisky. But I think he's probably in that category. If he's going to be a backup, he's got to be making probably about 10, eight to ten million a season, and that's the kind of money they may have to offer up if they want to keep Mason Rudolph. You're not going to have three quarterbacks making uh, you know that much money. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but where Tannehill might fit in. Is that he was an Arthur Smith guy. He could be a player coach and maybe help mentor Kenny, but firmly as a backup, you bring him in and you start muddling with whether or not he could be a starter and you put him in, you get the same kind of mess that got, uh, Mike Frabel fired down in Tennessee. Yeah. So I, I, I don't see it <clears throat> furthermore. Uh, one of the things I think we should also bring up too, is we started talking about like draft. And like, there's people out there that already want the Steelers to go and get. Hey, Bo Nix might be available. Like, and magically, these guys, when they're available in the second or third round, Zach, they're going to be the guy after they're like the eighth quarterback that's taken. After you already hated on Mason Rudolph, a third round guy that was the sixth quarterback taken in his draft class for so long, you're going to get like the same kind of guy or worse. They might not be even as good, or in you know, our short little whatever window that we've seen, even with Mason or even with Kenny, you may not get anything better in that category. I mean, look at Malik Willis, look at Desmond Ritter right now. These guys like struggle like hell. They're not, they're not very good. Very few quarterbacks taken outside of the first round succeed. And we know that even a first round pick isn't necessarily a lock to be good. So when I look at the, you know, people are saying Michael Penix, like, I really don't know where he falls. Let's wait and see because the combine's going to happen. Pro days are going to happen and stuff like that. That dude could be in the first round. It's like right now, everybody's throwing out mock drafts and they're just like, oh, well, you know what? I don't like this guy as much. Penix will be a second round pick. You don't know that. You don't know what these teams are going to value these guys at. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's where the Steelers should go to muddy the waters. Yeah, let's use another high round. Let's bring back Rudolph and then have Pickett, And then let's bring in another. Let's burn a draft pick on a guy. Unless it like absolutely is somebody that falls in your lap then you know they I think they gotta focus in other places with their draft capital. Maybe if they get like a late round pick, then that's your distant guy that's like your emergency quarterback developmental type player that then everybody will be crying, kicking and screaming for if picket Rudolph, etc. doesn't work out.
1: So I'm struggling to zero in on what you're looking for, you personally, I'm because not. it seems like you don't want a journeyman to come in this competition, but you don't want a draft pick either. So what is your, like, is it just Josh jobs? Is it Josh jobs or bust for you?
0: As far uh, as far like- No, because I, I'm not totally on his train either, but like if you were able to get like a Jacoby percent to be a firm quarterback three, like I'm talking about a competition. I just want two guys. I don't want the three headed monster. They had two camps ago. They're splitting all these reps. You got a brand new OC. It's just, I don't think that does any good for anybody. If you get a player coach type like Tannehill and you're pretty much just hitching your saddles to pick it. I think where we're at right now is, is like we, Pickett, it's two years. It's not a full two seasons. We, you know, quarterbacks struggle for through their first year, definitely through their second year. You could tell you call last year an extension of the same year. Now, if Pickett could stay healthy and stay on the field, and we can get an actual evaluation of him and with an offensive coordinator, not Matt Canada, that obviously is trash and it didn't do him any favors, you just never know. Um, I don't like recycling quarterbacks, I don't like spending. Any high draft capital when you, you've just done this. You went and got a recycled guy with Mitch Trubisky. You spent a high pick on Kenny Pickett. It doesn't mean like it, that it's automatically success. You took the guy, Mason Rudolph, and spent a mid rounder and developed him. It's like, okay, let's see what these guys could do since you already have like some eggs in a the basket there. What I don't want to do is, is like Wilson, he's going to maybe cost whatever in a trade cost whatever money, same with cousins. And they're 36 years, 37 years old. That doesn't represent the future. You're right back in this same situation a few years from now. And like you said, this isn't like the Denver Broncos when they signed Peyton Manning and they're just that guy away. Not to mention that Peyton Manning is up here and uh, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson and somewhere down here right now, it's not the same kind of guy where you're going to go out and have the most explosive offensive uh, offense ever 50, some touchdowns. You have that three year window where you make the super bowl twice and win one. Now look where they've been since then. Like they haven't been able to do, they've, they've, they've tried everything too. You just look at the Denver Broncos process and hope knock on wood that you don't end up the same way. Does that, does that give you more clarity then?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's what I was looking for because I wanted to figure out like where your head was at because we're pretty, we're pretty aligned in this because I think anybody who just listened to us go through that list of quarterbacks that are available on the market can gain a sense and understand and see that none of these names are really that inspiring to me. They're all the same kind of guy at different stages in their career. They're all going to have to compete for a job wherever they go. None of them have had like the craziest amount of success besides Joe Flacco when he was younger. But I I personally, if you're asking me what I think will happen and what I want to happen, it's pretty parallel. Uh, And what I want is, and what I think will happen as mentioned is it's going to be Kenny and Mason, Mason brought back. And instead of bringing in a guy who's a journeyman and will um, take reps away from Kenny and Mason and, muddy the waters and could just be mitch trubisky 2.0 at this stage in his career i personally would take a fourth or fifth round quarterback whoever is there and just bring that guy as the third guy to camp because the idea that that guy is going to actually beat out kenny and mason is very 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 slim and he's not going to cost a lot of money they probably won't give him like the most amount of reps in the world. It won't be like Chris Oladokun where they took him in the seventh and he got like no reps all camp. You take a guy in the fourth or the fifth, that guy's going to at least get to have the third team reps a lot of the time. He'll maybe get a chance doing seven shots. Like you're going to get to see mm-hmm. a fourth or fifth round pick in, in in practice actually do something. um, But not cost money and not put unnecessary pressure on Mason and Kenny and not take reps away from them that that is kind of going along with what I was saying earlier that we are in such a unique spot and the guy that the Steelers need to bring in is it's such a niche, like it, it, it's so specific. And of all the options we've listed and gone over here, the most logical one to me and the one that I hope happens and think will happen is Kenny Mason and, and a mid round pick. When I say yeah. mid round pick, I mean like, like, Fourth to sixth. I, 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 the third is a little rich for me. Um, I've heard the same stuff about Michael Penix Jr. I've actually, I kind of agree with the party that thinks he's gonna fall farther than most believe because of his injury history and his age. But um, that turns me off as well. Just because he's gonna fall yeah. to the second or the third round doesn't mean I want to take him because he's there. So, I think he'll fall, but. That's not who I'm looking for the Steelers to go after. There's quite a few mid-round names that could be there for them to pick and bring in as QB3, uh, guy to have some reps, but not not think that he's going to take the job from anybody, like Michael Pratt or Spencer Rattler, like th- those kinds of names.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, where I'm at, too, is, is you know, I want to be clear about Ryan Tannehill because – uh, he was good with Arthur Smith, and he knows Arthur Smith's system. And he might be yeah. able to help mentor a younger quarterback. I don't see any any kind of like light at the end of the tunnel that says Tannehill would come in and be quarterback three. That's one thing. And number two is like how much, what kind of offers will he get? Will somebody that's still quarterback needy or want a plug-and-play Yeah, I think, if, I think if
1: Mason's here, Tannehill won't be. If Mason exactly. leaves, that opens the door for Tannehill. He would
0: be a prime candidate, but you just can't throw – you're not throwing $30 million at Ryan Tannehill. He's oh. taking a significant cut in pay, um, uh, be in, and probably, uh, any kind of opportunity to even be a starter any further. Like I look at all the teams in the, in the NFL, right. Uh, let's go through, we could go through some names maybe real quick. And usually just by division, if I could pull them up, cause I don't want to miss anybody I can go off the top of my head. Let's see here. Uh, bills, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he'd be a backup. He's not going back to Miami. The Jets uh be the terrible team to be at. New England's probably looking for another quarterback with a new coach. Baltimore's not looking. Cleveland's not looking. Steelers, uh eh, we just talked about them. Uh Bengals, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. They got Jake Browning as a, a exclusive rights. You know, Houston just has CJ Stroud, Jacksonville has their guy, Indianapolis has their guy, Tennessee's gonna move forward with Levis, right? Kansas City has their guy, uh Raiders. Mm, could always be interesting. You never know. They may be drafting somebody. Denver's going to be looking, uh, but they're not looking for these guys to be starters. So they might have like this opportunity where bring in like a veteran type guy. Uh, let's see: Chargers, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. Oh, Commanders. Yuck. Oof. Cliff Kingsbury. Really? Like that's where he's <laughs> he's headed there. To that dumpster fire. Uh, you got the well, Lions. They
1: because they think they're uh in striking distance of Williams. Yeah. Caleb yeah Williams. Of
0: course. Uh that's the only thing that would make sense and that would be to yeah. you know bolster of course you got to bolster for thing the Steelers are doing really with Arthur Smith they're really trying to build up Kenny Pickett we're going to talk about Arthur here in a second Packers, Vikings, it depends if Cousins stays there. Bears, Bears are in like the power play position here. They could stick with Fields or they could go for Williams or somebody else at the top of the draft, depending if they trade out. Uh, Buccaneers, depends if they bring Mayfield back. Saints are probably stuck with Carr for now. Atlanta's probably looking for a guy. Carolina is stuck with their guy, Bryce Young, for now because they blew all their draft capital. What else are they going to do? uh sign somebody like that uh 49ers got their guy they're in the super bowl so rams got stafford they were in the super bowl recently seattle with geno smith never know different uh, uh p carroll uh kind of eras over there and then arizona with kyle murray so there's not like a whole lot of open spots it's the same argument i made for like mason rudolph you know what i mean where where's Tannehill going on that who's offering him a lot of money nobody's yeah. really offering rudolph a lot of money either i just think i i, I like i've been talking about how trubisky is probably a not the best influence watching him or he might be a nice guy and have all the well intentions and who knows he could be one of these guys that shows up and be, and he's an offensive coordinator like a lot of backup quarterbacks or failed quarterbacks end up being in the league he might be very smart but I also see some bad habits and stuff that seems like it translates over to Kenny you need a guy that's gonna be like Tannehill would be that guy if he were cheap enough to be like okay this is really what our new offensive coordinator means he wants you to you know pre-step here, do this, turn this way. Hey, you know what? Don't get happy feet. Don't you feel a little bit of pressure? Stand tall in the pocket. I think that's what yeah, really, I'm not that yeah,
1: sour on Tannehill. Like like honestly, that. I think the
0: jokes, it's the cost. Like it's the cost. That's what I'm trying to come back around to. It's the,
1: it's, it's the to. cost. And it's, it's the Mason thing too. It's like you, you said, and I I believe um, this was a really good point. I don't think he's going to be open to coming in here and, and possibly being QB three. So A domino has to fall before the Tannehill to Pittsburgh trilogy or story begins. (laughs) And and that domino is Mason Rudolph. If Mason Rudolph comes back, the chances of him not at least being QB2 are very low. So I, I think if Mason leaves, the Tannehill connection makes a lot of sense. But if he doesn't, it almost makes no sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's a guy that threw 55 touchdowns in two years. I mean, there's, I see Mike Tomlin and company. Mike Tomlin is a guy who likes his veteran quarterbacks, but Mm -hmm. we should also like point out that Mason Rudolph is an experienced backup quarterback. It's a little bit of experience, but he, he, it's not like he's never taken a snap and that's where like, you're not going to take a mid round guy to compete with Kenny. You're not going to take, I don't think you take anybody. It's a rookie. They're going to have somebody experienced it's either going to be Rudolph. It could be like a Tanner. So with the third pick, with the, with with QB three, and let's say you take like a later round pick, I'm I'm cool with that. And exactly yeah. the reason Oladokun didn't get any snaps is because they had three other guys. He was firmly yeah. a four. So those will just bring in like a Tanner Morgan or somebody like that that's coming from like what Slippery Rock or somebody like that, and they're not going to see a whole lot of time on the field. So, uh, speaking of, we brought up his name uh, several times here. And I want to get your thoughts on Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator, because there's a lot of people that are Debbie downers about this. And I mean, I thought it was very firm, just in the same way that you're hearing like Rooney and Tomlin and those guys saying, Hey, we want to bring Mason Rudolph back. It's like, yeah, they're definitely expressing interest, dude. That's why they're coming right out and saying it well, they wanted somebody that is an experienced offensive coordinator and play caller. And if they promoted from within, everyone would have had their panties in a wad, so they go out and they get a guy that now has also head coaching experience. I thought Mike Tomlin didn't do these things. He feels threatened by people that could possibly take his job, but now you're going to get an outside perspective and everybody's just like, you know, it's not like the Falcons are a very stable franchise to begin with. And if you look at some of the things Arthur Smith did there, a lot of it is quarterback driven. So if they do struggle and the Steelers do struggle, this is part of the reason why I'm okay with Pickett Rudolph as like a the, the two guys going in too, because if they struggle again now you now you know for sure neither one of these guys are the guy we move on we start over in 2025 maybe the Steelers Mike Tomlin has his first losing season they draft higher they're within like you know within reach maybe if they want to get one of these like names that are out there etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think um part of this starts with Arthur Smith Kenny all these guys short leash here's your new offensive coordinator I hate guys having to learn like a whole new system and this and that, but you saw that Arthur Smith was able to get the most out of, we were just ragging on how Tannehill was, you know, bad outside of Arthur Smith. And you saw that he got the most out of him. We saw Mike Sullivan get the most out of Mason Rudolph during this run to the playoffs with, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think the brain trust that's there would be capable of tailoring the offense to the player, as opposed to just forcing it, which is usually the problem with a lot of these coaches. So I think it's a good, I think it's a good hire. It reminds me a lot of Todd Haley. Todd Haley had failed in Kansas City as a head coach, and then came over to Pittsburgh, brought his experience over, and he was once the hot name before failing as a head coach, just like Arthur Smith was in the offensive ranks. Good hire for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, uh, Debbie Downers, dude, in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. In this town. Oh. The Pittsburgh media didn't like something the Steelers did. That that can't be true. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like it. I think it's a good signing. I think it's a good hiring. The Todd Haley thing does come to mind almost immediately. Like you said, failed head coach, not like he was the worst head coach in the world, but a prolific, great offensive coordinator. And I don't use those terms lightly. He really was a great offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Uh, the Titans in 2020, they were first in offensive plays over 50 yards, big plays. They were first in goal-to-go scoring. I don't know what that means necessarily, but it correlates with they were second in red zone touchdowns. 74% of the time the Titans were in the red zone, they scored a touchdown. They averaged 385 yards per game, which ranked fifth in the NFL out of 32 teams. They averaged 29.6, so 30, 30 points per game in the NFL in 2020, which ranked fourth during that time over the whole league. Nearly two 1,000-yard receivers, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, think George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and the Titans in a two-year span under Arthur Smith being offensive coordinator. They eclipsed 400 yards 15 times in a two-year span. The Steelers did that once in like a a four-year span, however long it was. I, I try not to think about it too much, but that was one of the hot topics of Pittsburgh was when will they ever cross 400 yards again will we ever see that in our lifetimes arthur smith did it 15 times with a equally if not less talented titans offense than what he's been given here with the steelers and that's what you want like his track record as offensive coordinator is good these these are mm-hmm. real numbers that i just read off to the people here and i think everybody myself very much included so i'm not excluded from this but we all got carried away and very excited about the idea of the hot young name coming in here the shanahan mcveigh coaching tree guy the guy who is is still a fresh 30 year old well arthur smith is only 41 years old i mean the gray hair does no favors but he's not an old guy by any stretch of the imagination he's actually rather young per nfl coaching
0: standards and, and experienced for that age as well.
1: And Yeah, very experienced for that age. And I, I think the idea of, of the Shanahan McVay coaching tree guy is all well and good. And it is exciting. But the Steelers didn't go completely in the opposite direction. They got a good offensive mind and a still rather young offensive mind. Nobody knows if a lot of these McVay Shanahan guys are going to be any good because a lot of them were given their first opportunity to be OCs now in the NFL. I'm talking about guys like Zach Robinson, uh, Clint Kubiak's going to get his second stint. But, um, you know, if you you zoom out, this is a good example of just how different and how alike, actually, every NFL fan base is. When the Saints announced the hiring of Clint Kubiak, uh, a lot of Saints fans on Twitter were not happy. They wanted a guy with more experience. They wanted a guy who has a proven good track record, a guy like Arthur Smith. So just classic NFL fans wanting what they weren't given and the grass is always greener over there at the other franchise and they all know what they're doing. And I'll say this too. Yeah, the Falcons weren't a great experience for Arthur Smith could have gone worse, but he didn't have a quarterback the whole time. And, And any NFL team, any offense is gonna struggle without a good quarterback. And you could, you could put some blame on Smith for that, for not getting anybody better than Desmond Ritter or, or, or Tyler Heineke. But the idea that he didn't know how to use his playmakers, that's already been proven false per his offensive coordinator track record in Tennessee. But Kyle Pitts, right? Everybody loves talking about Kyle Pitts, the tight end for the Falcons. They drafted top five. Um, so underused, right? He had 90 targets last year. Drake London had over a hundred targets last year, and Bijan Robinson, Bijan Robinson, averaged four less touches per game than Christian McCaffrey. Four less touches—that's achieved in a single drive of offense. It's two carries and two catches, or three carries and one catch. They used their playmakers plenty, but because the Falcons were so shitty, and I think the Kyle Pitt stuff kind of carries over from his rookie year because. He was overdrafted in the first place. So no matter yeah. what they do with Kyle Pitts, he's always gonna be viewed as like not getting enough targets, but it just factually isn't true. And when the Steelers made this move and they announced Arthur Smith, so many people were so quick to be like, oh, well, he didn't use his guys in Atlanta. There was a reason he got fired in Atlanta. And the Derrick Henry thing, oh, you're gonna give him credit for Derrick Henry. Everybody crying about Derrick Henry in Tennessee. They're acting like, the Steelers don't have Ren and Stimpy at running back. They have Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. That's a good group. That's a good one-two punch. Arguably one of the best in the NFL. <clears throat> so I think you know people had their idea of what they wanted in a Steelers offensive coordinator. And for whatever reason, Arthur Smith doesn't meet some of those aspirations and, and, and desires and dreams. But all it takes is is a little bit of Googling, a little bit of your own research to see that this guy has a proven track record of success as an offensive coordinator. He knows how to use his weapons. He knows how to get the most out of guys that are struggling in their careers, like Ryan Tannehill, Kenny Pickett, A.J. Brown, George Pickens. Like, it's, it's all there. Like, yeah. there's, in my opinion, there's no reason to not be optimistic about this hire, but that's just what people do. Um, I think there are some people that have come around and, and seem a little bit more inviting of the higher and some people aren't going to be happy and they aren't going to stop bitching until the Steelers uh, eclipse 30 points for like five games in a row. Then those people might admit they were wrong. Maybe
0: points. Points is more important because everyone's talking about quarterbacking and they want Kenny to go out there and throw four and five TDs a game. And I think I keep bringing up how that's just unrealistic. The football game or the video game, John Madden type numbers. You don't get that type of stuff in the NFL regularly. you just seen it it's in the few playoffs. few and far between. Very few and far between. But with a running game, when you have Derrick Henry run the ball for 3,500 plus yards and 33 touchdowns in your two years as offensive coordinator. Now, let me, I, I know i I sent this to you on Twitter. And it was from something I wrote last week about, not wanting three specific quarterbacks, including Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson and Kirk cousins for various reasons that we mentioned throughout the show. And what I said some last week, maybe as well, but Justin Fields <clears throat> failed to throw multiple touchdown passes in 21 of his 28 game, last 28 games and only had one game over 300 yards passing. I don't think that be be fits an Arthur Smith type offense. If you can get this dude to just stand in the pocket a little more and not use his feet, Perhaps, but you take a look at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill had uh, 28 games, same number of games, right? I'm stats whoring for you. Let's do some maths with Joe. Uh, 28 games. He had eight games with three or more touchdown passes, and he had eight games with only fewer than two touchdown passes. That means in 21, there's that math again, 21 of the 28 games he played, 75% he had thrown at least two or more touchdown passes with Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator. That's why I have optimism. I think Kenny could do that. I think Mason could do that. I don't see Ryan Tannehill as this elite quarterback. If he was an elite quarterback, he wouldn't have lost, like you said, lost his job in those spots that he did injury or otherwise. Very
1: very similar skill wise to Kenny Pickett and Mason too, just like with with a better running ability, but the parallels between Tannehill and and Kenny there's actually, a good bit like whether it's their first draft pedigree and not working out at first but showing signs their athletic profiles uh their wheels their arm strength their like it, it's it they're very similar quarterbacks
0: yeah and not only that with Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator Tannehill actually put up some better numbers in some of these cases than Ben Roethlisberger did in the twilight of his career so let that one kind of sink in for you it doesn't mean that Tannehill's a, a superior player it means like It's the same thing. Like if you put Brock Purdy in Pittsburgh, he fails with Matt Canada. I mean, you put Kenny Pickett in San Francisco. I think Kenny Pickett's probably playing in the Super Bowl this weekend too. So it's just a lot of its opportunity, a lot of its fit, scheme, et cetera. So uh, that's about the end of uh, my rant on. We're gonna quarterbacks will be the gift that keeps on giving, right? And we're going to be talking about that. But we were talking about, you know, Derrick Henry. We're talking about Arthur Smith, maybe leaning more on run game, not having to rely on somebody to throw the ball 40, 50 times in a game. But if he had to, they could still scheme up ways to get it done and win football games. Steelers have Najee Harris. and They have Jalen Warren, a nice one-two punch. So where does that leave us any room for how old is Le'Veon Bell now? 50? 35? Yeah, I'm actually looking it up. I thought he was 31. He is 31. He turns 32 in about a week and a half here on February 18th. So, a 32 year old running back who wasn't in the league the last two years and has been basically a practice squad player since 2020, last with the Kansas City Chiefs, Ravens, and then forgot he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2021 wants to make a comeback in the nfl this was like on his snap snapchat stories or whatever um and and specifically the pittsburgh steelers like dude do you forget like how this ended up so he kind of um i'm trying to find hold on a second i was trying to find his exact right
1: now for the pittsburgh steelers him and ab both they lifelong steelers man they that's one of the funnier story developments of the past season was seeing uh Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown like talk about the Steelers and use phrases like we and us and showing up at tailgates I'm like you guys just forget like how it ended with the two of you like they're both lifelong Steelers now oh, yeah Stealer legends
0: and he will only play for one team I was looking for the quote and I won't start training until like March March ish and I'm gonna be honest wait honest with myself I got to go out there and be like, I'm going to put my foot in the ground. Do I feel it? Am I hurting? Can I go out there and really play? And bro, I'm telling you right now, when I go out there and train in March, and if I hit April and I make the decision to come back and play in the NFL game, mark my words down, I'll be better than I ever was ever. And I'll only come back for that one team. I don't got to say no team. Y'all know who it is. Like he should have said Yins know who it is. But if it's the Steelers and he's not looking for like the 49ers or something to run with CMC, After they win a a ring, probably. March, dude, that's still a month away. Your ass is 32 years old. What are you waiting for? You need to get on the friggin' hamster wheel right now and start running. Get on that treadmill. You need to look like 50 cent in that one video, you know? And he's got like all the wires connected to him. Training. started last March. Last March would have probably been even more beneficial for like you just can't sit on the couch and eat Cheetos and just, and decide to walk onto an NFL team. 30 has two good running backs on it.
1: What he are you going to offer? He just tweeted he was smoking weed the other day,
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that may be more day. acceptable now in the NFL than it was several years ago when he was getting, you know, run oh, through. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, I'm not like coming down on him for that. Like, that's but where what is a positive right experience.
0: Now. What a positive role model you want to bring into the <laughs> locker room to be able to go in and be like, Nah, You got to go get that bag, man. The Jets want to give you that money. You go, you go there, you hold out. You don't come to training camp at all. No, 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 sir. You're not going to sit in now. They're in your fourth final year of your rookie contract. You're not going to sit in for an extension like Deontay or TJ Watt did and show up and still support your teammates. No, you need to go out and jet ski. Hold these MFers hostage until like week one of the season. And then go out there and make sure you put up some truly mediocre stats until about October when you decide to really turn it on and you get in football shape. It's like, what are you thinking, dude? It's like, it'd be a feel good story, but he's 32 years old. Like I'm not just yeah. trying to rag on him, but all the other baggage that comes along with it and you haven't played. I've made the same argument for running backs, running backs, especially this would be tough for a wide receiver. That would be at the top of their game. There's definitely steps that were lost. And if he wasn't able to carve out, any time with the Ravens being a run-first team and the Chiefs being very quarterback poor a couple of years ago and absolutely needing somebody like that on a roster, same thing the Buccaneers had, it's hard to say. It's like that thing where you put on the Superman's cape. Sometimes it is fit. Sometimes it's scheme or whatever. And then sometimes, you know what? A lot of these coaches are in the NFL because they actually know what the hell they're doing. And what they're doing is is they weren't playing Le'Veon Bell because he was washed and it was over with. Dude, bro, if you were to hear this and you like, the hate mail coming over these fools, he used to block people all the time. Didn't block us. But like, I loved you and I loved your time in Pittsburgh. We told you not to leave and you would have made more money and everything else. But you got to come to realization that this is a young man's game. I'm not going to go out and play for an NFL team. Lash isn't going to go out and play for an NFL team. If you want to show that you got a little bit out there, you could go out and try and do what Martevas Bryant or some of these guys did and play in the spring leagues, now the UFL, formerly XFL and USFL. But you're probably not going to do that. You made your money already. You don't want to risk getting hurt or embarrassed or anything like that. That's completely understandable. If you end up on a 90 man roster and you try and make it a go, all the more power to you. But Really narrowing it down and saying there's only one team you're going to play for probably limits your options right out the gate. This is like the guy that's on the dating apps. It's like, you know what? I, it looks like she she doesn't have 10 toes. I don't like that chick. Girls, either, yeah. You need
1: six foot up and six foot up and all
0: like- you guided, stable with the job and everything. Yeah. I need, you need to be independent, have your own home, have a job, uh, not be living at home with mama and all this. Other. But the checklist thing goes like, you need to have dark hair and blue eyes and you need to be neatly groomed. Flash, you're out, man. you got tattoos. She doesn't want tattoos, ear piercings, you know, the, the whole nine yards. It's like that. The guys that are just so, so, so picky. You know what I mean? Uh, so for some reason, Sir Mix-a-Lot just came in my head, dude. It was like, uh, 36, 24, 36, only if she's 5'3", and that's what Le'Veon Bell's doing right here. It's like, that's what I want, 36, 24, 36, only if she's 5'3", only if she's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bro, I hope this is the last we hear of this. He's gonna go out there and march and be like, he's gonna take that first, like, sprint. He's gonna be like, especially after smoking weed, he's been smoking, he's gonna be like, His lungs are gonna be on fire. He's gonna be like, nah, screw this.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, when I was (laughs) twenty-five, one of my good friends, uh the guy who's getting married, his little brother was quarterback for Clarion University. And when I was twenty-five, me and my buddy would go run routes for him, like full speed, you know, make cuts, comeback routes, post routes, fades, plants, everything. Um, in the moment felt good. And the next morning, it felt like I had been run over by a truck twice over, ran over me, then backed up back over me. Like, that's what it felt like. Every one of my joints hurt. It all, it felt like something was wrong. Like, I actually injured myself. (laughs) And it was just from running around so fast and, like, not doing it in so long that, yeah, I can't believe we're actually spending time on this. But credit to Le'Veon for getting his name out there like this. But I know. He's got a place in my heart. You know, I, I don't think he left um even though he did screw the Steelers on, on a bunch of different levels that you already highlighted the Jet Ski and everything, but it wasn't as bad of a departure as Antonio Brown. I still have Le'Veon pretty high up on my baby name list if I ever have a baby. <laughs> um the girlfriend doesn't really jive with that, but we're Maybe a middle sport, still
0: name. Maybe but, a middle name. Maybe a middle name. You get like one of those good yeah. <laughs> like biblical one of those good biblical names like Joseph Joseph LeVion, Joseph
1: LeVion, Le'Vion.
0: That works. <laughs> Name him. There you go. You can tell. You can tell the woman that. Hey, um, we'll name the baby after Joe, and then LeVion Bell. And there you go. <laughs> I'm sure that'll fly.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah, that'll do it.
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, I don't know. Do we have that? That kind of goes into other takes. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else that's been floating around there, as far as. I don't know. The other takes are it's like you see a lot of bad ones everywhere. I think the worst is probably the 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 Le'Veon Bell one this week. It's got to be Le'Veon just Bell like...
1: one. There's a lot of talk about um, the Steelers expanding their coaching staff, which I'm I'm in favor of. It's good to grow and, and realize when you have to make adjustments and get with the times. Like the Steelers have to their credit been doing in their own way. These past few seasons, I know people in the Pittsburgh media and other critics want them to just change everything in the blink of an eye, but that's no team really does that. And the Steelers being as old fashioned and as resistant to change as they are, the fact that they've done anything in the past two years, ie firing Matt Canada, like there's examples, spending more money in free agency, making trades. They've done more in the past few years than they ever have done. And that's great to see. And like I said, I'm in favor of expanding the coaching staff. However, um, and this this could age poorly um, because I'll tell you right now, if they do do something like this, I'll I'll be all for it because that's how fans act. But I don't think it's very realistic to believe the Steelers are going to bring somebody in like Eric Biennemi to be the passing game coordinator. Um, I don't see it number one, because it would be a devotion for the He's at least been an offensive coordinator for the better part of the past, like his years in Kansas city and his years with the commanders. I don't know if he would take a passing coordinator job, which seems to be more of like a young man's position, a guy who's trying to ascend and eventually become an offensive coordinator. Like Zach Robinson was the Rams uh, passing game coordinator. So I, I don't know if they would be able I don't think they will land a guy like the enemy to just come in and be like Arthur Smith's assistant and show him like how to pass the ball. Arthur Smith. Also, I take Arthur Smith as more of like an alpha personality. I don't know if he wants a guy like a pass game coordinator to be helping him with that kind of stuff. Um, I know we need a new quarterback coach. So I'm waiting for that to be announced.
0: But well, what makes you say that Sullivan didn't go anywhere? Did he? Did I miss no, yeah, he's gone. Oh, where'd he end up, end up at?
1: Uh, he's just not resigned right now. He was okay. taking interviews for the the Raiders interviewed him for OC and then picked uh, Kingsbury over him. But and then, then they,
0: Kingsbury backed out of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he he might still be in consideration for the Raiders job unless they they actually they might have just got somebody. It might sound dumb now. I think they got Luke Getzey to be their offensive coordinator from the Bears now, but. To answer your question, Sullivan is out there taking interviews, doing other yeah, things. Yeah,
0: he is. They still have him, uh, uh That was like a confusing part of my, for me because he's still listed on the website
1: mm-hmm. as a
0: quarterbacks coach too. And of course they had an assistant quarterbacks coach, which usually means they have somebody ready to slide in and take the spot. I mean, they weren't, I think if things go a little differently, he was probably in line. They were going to do the whole promote from within because Sullivan has a like a plethora of experience as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, so like much in the same case you're saying with the enemy, if he goes somewhere and he's like a passing game coordinator or something like that, like how how long does that last for before somebody snatches him up? And I I felt like the enemy is like a really odd name that hasn't floated around at all this year, hottest name ever a couple years ago, and that was my case with uh, Arthur Smith. If you could have got like one of the guys that was the hottest name a few few years ago, the difference is with players versus coaching. The players get older, they lose something, something just dis- diminishes. I don't think with coaching, you would think that experience you just build on it and then you know, you ascend instead of descend. It's like a different um, what do you want to say, trajectory for coaches versus players. So Especially
1: if you still have a lot of time left, which like maybe not the same thing for a guy like Frank Reich or Ron Rivera, because they're both like they're old dudes and like they're towards the end of their NFL coaching careers. Arthur Smith is forty-one. So yeah, I I think he I think he's an example of a guy who you you wanted that experience that he had. And um, just another reason why he fits, I think, what the Steelers were looking for, even though there's some people in the Pittsburgh media and other places that don't see that or don't want to see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, final thoughts and hot takes on maybe um, Pro Bowl. Did you watch any of the stuff that was going on?
1: Um, you know, they air that at the weirdest times. Like I I feel like it's on like in the middle of the afternoon Mm -hmm. and like during work days too. like, I, uh, I did see the highlights of miles Killebrew winning the, um, the Pac-Man Jones, like punt catching competition. That was cool. And, uh, I saw a little bit of, um, the flag football game and it's cool to see. I think they're slowly doing a good job of getting the pro bowl back to like entertaining in a sense it's never going to be as fun as it was in like the 90s and the early 2000s but I I like the direction they're going in because um the throwing competitions are always fun to see yeah those are fun for sure
0: Yeah, I like the throwing competition of the moving targets to try and put it in the bucket all the way at the end or whatever. It's just weird, though, there's like no fans at that one. And then some of the events they did do live in the stadium, like they have it set up almost like track and field style. They had like the tug of war still that was there. Like, that's kind of cool seeing those guys like it, it looks like they're at least having fun. Yeah, the big
1: linemen, too. The big linemen going through obstacle courses. That's always fun to see, like, because
0: they're, yeah. like, big and fat. <laughs> it's, it, you know, I was kind of curious, though. It's, like, I think it was, like, is it, like, 88000 and 44000 It's, like, half of whatever. It's, like, in the 80000 range. I'm, like, how much of a paycheck is that for most of the guys at the Pro Bowl are already, like, multimillionaires? It's, like, that's, yeah, like, yeah. A, that's like, a check they get fined for when they have, like, a bad hit or <laughs> something, you know? Uh, uh, but uh, it seems like there was a little bit of pride there. The Ravens had that, uh, celebration with the pick with Kyle Hamilton. I know you were sitting there like, oh, him and Minka are playing safety together and you had like a little heartbreak thing, but did you see like Minka kind of came over and I forgot whose kids went out to celebrate in the end zone too, but it was a bunch of Ravens and Minka kind of came over bucket hat, very on brand for him. Like he is during the summer in Latrobe, And he was just, like, nah, I ain't doing this. He kind of just quietly walked away. <laughs> it was funny. So, yeah, I, that's
1: what I want to see out of Mike, He's a stealer through and
0: through. Yes, absolutely. So, we'll see though. I don't know. The Pro Bowl, I'm still I'm still iffy on it. I wrote like some of my thoughts on it. They were like they were the NFL PR and the events people were like really worried about there being rain uh during the week. I'm like, yeah. "It's Orlando. When you go to Disney, like you literally go into Walgreens and they have an aisle just full of ponchos." Because it yeah. rains all the freaking time in Orlando. Like, hello. <laughs> like, it rains
1: every day in Florida. Yeah, for, like, for real. It's like five minutes or five hours.
0: Yeah. So uh, that was my other take was was like, you know, like FIFA in the World Cup, they do like a third place game. I'm like, would people actually want to see or would players actually want to do that in the NFL? I'll throw that in the comments because it'd be another payday for some guys. But you're, a, you're risking injury for a game that ultimately means nothing. Somebody can yeah. say draft position. It's like, no, players aren't playing, so you could draft somebody to replace them. Like, but it also like I, I think if it was like in the same kind of venue or a remote location and, and or, like with the leading up to the Super Bowl, then the Pro Bowl could at least be pushed back after the Super Bowl and you get the guys that played in the Super Bowl as part of it. I think that's where it loses some of its shine. But I don't know how you do that properly. I think you still put players at risk and ultimately it's like, well, we already know we're not playing in the Super Bowl, So how do you get like the rate Well, the Ravens and lions would be like a really neat matchup and you you might not have Lamar playing in that game. You know what I mean? It'd be just like, yeah, they just got bulk. They, they
1: so. got to fork it up. This is it this, this is the the point in a lot of conversations about the NFL where you can't get past because yeah, it's it's risking their bodies and competing for something that really doesn't matter. So the answer It always comes back to money to me. They have to just fork it up and just offer these guys like, hey, we'll give you a – we'll double your game check in the regular season if you compete in this, like, uh, loser's bracket of a Super Bowl. It's it's why the Pro Bowl has suffered so much the past, like, 20 years. It's because through time, more and more guys have realized, like, it's not worth it to me to compete. I I think the winner of the Pro Bowl gets, like, what, a $75,000 check and losers get, like –
0: yeah, that's where I was something. at, like eighty, eighty-ish and forty-ish. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's just not enough for for an NFL player who who's already established themselves and made a lot of money. They'll they'll do it, I think, but you have to really you have to fork it over.
0: Yeah, speaking of, uh, this broke is another take. We were just talking about Sullivan, but Frisman Jackson is out as the Steelers wide receiver coach. So that's being Ooh. reported by uh, Jerry Dulac, the you know longtime. Um, Po- Pittsburgh Post Gazette beat uh, covering the Steelers beat. So mm, that's
1: that's kind of a long time coming. Nothing against Frisman Jackson, the human being, but the stories that were coming out last year about like Deontay Johnson erupting in meetings and like literally I heard a story that he like insulted him to his face in front of the other receivers and like walked out of the meeting room. And Pickens obviously is extremely hard to control and he has done a great job of that. And outside of Pickens, like having his few moments this year of doing george pickens things the receiving room as a whole just hasn't developed well like calvin austin what happened to him you know like he totally disappeared throughout the season deontay johnson has been the same player for the past three years so it's it's hard to look at how the receiver room has done as a whole and think that jackson was doing a good job i just i don't think he was
0: yeah. And Dulac was also reporting on here. He's still, there's uncertainty about Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. So that kind of goes with what we were saying. We're uncertain even ourselves. Yeah. And of course they'll have to replace strength and conditioning coaches as well, which I think that one might be a long time coming. I'm always like, man, the Steelers seem to be getting snake bit all the time. Is that like training or whatever? Uh, what a lot of people don't understand is, is like, you know, postseason, season off season, a lot of that rests on the players. They're not like under anybody's watch. It's up to them to stay Mm -hmm. in shape and, and go work on things. That's why you see guys go to Florida, throw the ball with their teammates and stuff, and then, uh, also in the postseason, they're not making the same amount of money. So Patrick Mahomes like, isn't making his contract was split up over, you know, the 17 games of the season or the 18 weeks. He gets your weekly check or your game check for each week. The playoffs have their own kind of structure and everything. I don't have it in front of me, what the super bowl makes, but it's in the same kind of figures, you know? tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand, six figures, hundred thousand ish. There's yeah. other bonuses that get paid out. So, um, for some of the players that play in those games, a lot of times it's just the prestige. It's not even the money, but for other guys like Brock Purdy, that could like represent like over like 20% of his paycheck because he's making that seventh round money. So
1: yeah. He's a roommate.
0: Yeah. You get a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen so is that, um, um, the, 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 what's the guy's name that was said with the Giants Tommy DeVito or whatever yeah 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 it was still having his mom was still making him meals or whatever He's like you know probably living at home there in New York market that's very understandable so hell yeah. yeah yeah for sure so yeah hey Zach it's good man great having you back and we'll try and get some more of these start looking at some more free agent type stuff that uh you're doing you're like on the Brian trajectory now doing weird just stuff I'm not within. even, dude. I'm not, not even doing anything.
1: It. It's the hand motions, the the like whatever Skype, whatever we're using. It like picks up on like hand motions and like put stuff out. I did two thumbs up and fireworks just came up. Now I, there it is again. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: gonna have to find those settings, dude. That's hilarious. Well, until next time, folks, uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Leave us a rating or review wherever you're watching or listening. We appreciate you supporting the Steel City Underground podcast. Maybe come to you later this week or once again early next week as we plug through the offseason. Maybe some Super Bowl takes before uh, we come back around to that. Um, I don't care either way, to be completely (laughs) honest. I don't want the Niners to have like their sixth Super Bowl or whatever, but um, I don't know. I don't have anything to say about Taylor Swift either, so I really don't care. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Me too, dude. I'm there. I'm a, I'm a hope for
0: a good game. Yeah, that's about that's about where I'm at, and that's all. Um, you know, what Kansas City Chiefs got three Lombardis now? I think I, I think that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: because they had one before Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they it, it's uh, as long as the Steelers, nobody gets seven before the Steelers. We're cool. So yeah. that's all I'm worried about. 50%. All right. Yep. Until next time, folks, my name's Joe. His name's Zach. We encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.